So we're going to be in Acts 3, verses 11 to 26, continuing our sermon series on a life in the kingdom. And so we pick up the story that um, began last week with Pastor Dave preaching, reminding us of the story of the um, beggar who was lame that he imaginatively named Derek. Remember the story? How could you forget the story? Embodied and acted out before us so creatively, helping us understand that great, great need and God's deep, deep love and compassion. And so we pick up this story in Acts 3, um, starting with verse 11. 1694, if you're looking for that page in your Bible in your chair. All right. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith... In the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time he comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days, and you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. 
This is the word of the Lord. I was prayerfully preparing this sermon all week, and the Lord was working this sermon into the um, very fiber of my life and heart all week long. And so as I preach to you this morning, it's going to be a combination of preaching and testimony about God's goodness and his grace and his love, his hope and his comfort that he offers each of his children. So it may come a little raw. It's quite fresh. The Lord's still preaching to me this morning. He reminded me of a story of a number of years ago, and I checked with my siblings to see if I could get the details of it because the details have slipped my mind. None of them could remember either exactly what circumstances it was, But my mom was sick, and um, this is probably somewhere between 15 and 18 years ago. My mom was sick and um, did not have a good prognosis. We can't remember if it was the time that her blood pressure was sky high or if it was the time she had a stroke or a heart attack or some other of the numerous medical conditions that she's had over the years. But her prognosis was not good. And at that time, I had been learning about the healing ministry of Jesus, and I thought, I wonder if my mom would be open to asking her pastor or one of the elders from her church to come and pray for her healing. And so I talked to my mom about it, and she said, yes, she would like to do that. And so she reached out to Pastor Kyle from Kentwood Community Church, And um, Pastor Kyle said, yes, he'd come over and and meet with my mom. And so my mom said, Jeannie, you have to be there. And so um, I thought I was doing enough of a faith thing to just suggest that she call the elders at that time because actually neither one of us were very comfortable with just exactly how that would look just because we hadn't seen it played out in our lives. So anyway, um, but mom said, Jeannie, you have to be there. So I I was the designated sibling to be there when the pastor came. And um, my mom, if you only could have known how she was back in the day, but, um, you know, her house would have been have to be spotless and perfectly clean and something freshly baked if the minister was coming to the house. Um, Anyway, Pastor Kyle came, and he prayed for my mom that day. And he talked to her about the love of God. And he talked to her about the possibility that he might want to heal her from this situation that she faced. And then he laid his ebony hand on her ivory forehead and he prayed that the Lord's love and compassion and healing would come. He was an authorized agent of the Father being sent to the world that desperately needed the love of the Father. You remember that from last week? Pastor Dave had us had um, volunteers come up and act out like, Okay, here's God the Father, and he sends Jesus full of love to the world. And now Jesus and the Father send his children, the church. We're the authorized agents to come with the love of God, the love of the kingdom, to a dying and hurting world. Pastor Kyle came with that kind of love to bring what he hoped would be physical healing. And praise God, the Lord healed my mom at that time. And so she's lived many, many years. That any time the Lord heals, a physical healing 
It's a sign. It's like a billboard. There is a living king. There is a living Lord. And so that billboard was going off and that sign was going off, just like it was for Derek, the man, the lame beggar who was healed. And he was shouting and jumping. I can't do it as enthusiastically as Pastor Dave was doing it. But wasn't Derek excited? He was so thrilled that all of a sudden what seemed impossible was possible. Right? Have you ever met Derek? Have you ever gone out to coffee with Derek? Why have none of us never gone out to coffee with Derek and gotten the scoop on that story? He died. His healing was for a time, but it was temporary. And then there was a point where he passed away. And in some ways, any kind of physical healing, unless Jesus comes back first, it's a temporary billboard. You don't see billboards that are out on the streets and around the highways that stay up for 25 years, do you? There's a new billboard and there's a new sign. In God's kingdom, he's always doing things to show us the reality that there is a God and he's living and he's active. You see, what happens in this set of passages that we're reading today is that God brings the good news of the gospel and the hope of an eternal healing and an eternal salvation. He doesn't leave it with just the temporary, but it requires that there be an authorized agent, Peter. He not only came with healing, but then he cooperates with the Lord and he speaks on behalf of God so that he throws out the eternal lifeline to all who would listen. All right, so the physical healing is a sign, and it's an opportunity to bring eternal refreshing, hope, and comfort. This week, I've been reflecting on Heidelberg Catechism question and answer number one. It's a teaching tool from the church. You remember me talking, Pastor Dave, talking about catechism before. So this is the question and the answer. What is your only comfort in life and in death? And the answer is that I am not my own, but I belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, the Lord is concerned about our bodies, but he's concerned not just about a temporary fix, but he wants to have a resurrected body that will be in relationship with him forever. He cares about our soul. He doesn't just care about our physical body. He cares about our emotions and our thoughts and our feelings. He wants to bring wholeness in its entirety to us. And so how did that happen that day? Is that Peter had empowered speech. He had been living this life. Remember, the Holy Spirit had been poured out. And so he was devoting himself to these rhythms of worship and prayer, caring for people along the way, and then equipping, speaking, discipling, teaching people. And so he was on his way to the daily prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He was on his way to prayer just like any other day, and all of a sudden there was an opportunity for the Lord to heal 
but then also to speak, to bring the good news of the gospel. Remember, they were to take it from Samaria, Jerusalem, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, right? Like start, but how is that going to happen? He didn't know. He's just going about his day, and the Lord gave an opportunity. And I want to point out some characteristics about empowered speech. First of all, I want to tell you, it requires that you perceive what God's doing. And it said that Peter looked at the lame beggar. He looked at him. And then he saw that Derek was hanging on to him and this crowd had come. Now, I don't think it would take much to probably see this. Like, you know, I try to imagine what was Peter like, you know, like he had just seen this man healed and then the man is hanging on him and the crowd is running. So it probably didn't take a whole lot to perceive that something was happening. But now get this. He didn't just see this, but he also stayed present to what the Lord was doing. He didn't just notice that there was a crowd and then say, oh, I'm on my way to prayers. See you later. No, he didn't do that at all. He stayed present to what God was doing. And so he noticed and he saw an opportunity. And then he starts to speak. He starts to present possibilities, a different possibility than what anybody had seen. The only possibility that they had seen was that there is a beggar who is lame and Actually, they were quite astonished that he had been raised from the dead. Now, they were praying for the Messiah, and they were supposed to be looking for the Messiah. But after year after year and time goes by, and the possibilities of what might happen had just started to cloud down. And so all they were seeing was the reality in front of them and not a different kind of reality. I have a friend that writes a blog. She's a healthcare provider and she has a business um, providing health care services in homes. She wrote a blog this week, and she was talking about how the scarcity and over time a shortage of, shortage of um, medical workers going into homes that she had started to just hate, even though she's a owner of a business, just hated receiving the calls about could they come more often or could she add a new client because she didn't see the possibility of how that could work out because she's got a shortage of workers. And she said, I'm so thankful for another coworker who has a different possibility thinking mindset and saw a different way of how we, could, how we could staff and how we could do this. I needed to cling on to hope, and I need to keep clinging on to hope so that I can be a possibility thinker. Peter was clinging on to hope of a Messiah who he had seen raised from the dead, and he could see a different possibility. He could see a different possibility, and he speaks that possibility about the Messiah who is coming and reminds them all. And what do they do? They're astonished. They are running. They are running after hope. And friends, our world is running after hope. They are looking for an answer. They are clouded. They're seeing violence and destruction and storms and whatever, and the government shut down, and what does that mean? What does that mean? That's a different conversation. And yet it's kind of the same conversation because we've got a God who's above every kingdom. He's above every government. And there's a different possibility. And he's given solutions to the church. And he says, perceive with your eyes. Look what I'm doing and cooperate.
And don't just give them partial answers. Don't just bring the physical healing. Don't just deliver, but tell them about Jesus. Tell them about Jesus and help them to come into a relationship with this Messiah and put their faith and their trust in him. Because there's going to be a day and there's going to be a time that we're each feeling very alone. I don't know what your time is going to be. My time this week has been pretty rough. I've been wishing for Jesus to walk right in the room with skin on and talk to me about some things. But he has. By his word, he has talked to me. By his word, he has preached to me. By his word, he has comforted me. By his word, he has healed and bringing strength and possibilities. Now, my mom is in hospice care now. You know, you prayed for her last week, and I'm so grateful that you prayed for her. When she went in, she was completely unresponsive, running a fever. They didn't know what was wrong. Well, she had sepsis and she had aspiration pneumonia. And she has severe Alzheimer's. It was not a pretty picture. I'm sure I may have told you this last week. And if I repeat myself, well, then it's just a story you needed to hear again. All right? So my mom is on the stretcher. She's unresponsive to pain or anything else. And I just pray for her, Lord, bring your peace. Lord, would you do whatever it is that needs to happen right now? I don't know. what. I just pray, bring your mercy. Be merciful to my mother. She's ready to come home, Lord. If this is the time, just bring her home. But I'm praying for her. I'm praying for peace. And then I turn on the worship music because my mom always has liked worship music. And so we just sit in that emergency room and listen to worship music. And she is just this blank stare, unresponsive, and we're listening to worship music. And the doctor comes in and he says, my goodness, her blood pressure has come down. It was sky high. It's come down without any medicine. And I said, well, my mom is a woman of faith and we have prayed. And my mom is a woman who has loved the music of her faith. And so we've just been listening to this faith-based music. And anyway, and he said, well, obviously it's working. It's helping her. It's helping her. Praise God. Now, they do a CAT scan of my mom's brain, and her brain has shrunk. And they talk to me, and they say, Gina, your mother is at a point in her Alzheimer's that is so severe that she's going to forget how to swallow. And that's probably what's happened. And so now she's inhaled food in her lungs, and she's going to have this cycle of pneumonia. And so she's either going to die of traumatic um, choking or she's going to die of aspiration pneumonia with a serious infection, or you can withdraw food and beverage, and and she'll die peacefully that way. (sighs) And I'm the medical advocate, and I'm the one that has to make the choice of, like, what what do we do, and what does this look like, God? And it's hard. And I can't see a possibility, and I start to try to control things, and I think, well, I want to make the right decision, and I start to feel anxious. And for about 24 hours, I'm feeling really anxious until I realize that I'm forgetting about my mom as a Messiah. And I am not her Messiah. Jesus is. And this is what Peter was talking to them about. He was saying, don't try to save yourself. Don't try to control situations. 
trust that you have a God who's made covenant with you. He said, I will be your God and you will be my beloved people. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And you will be a blessing to the world. Let me tell you, my mom has been a blessing to the caregivers. And it's crazy because she started to wake up. As I relaxed and prayed, and I can't say completely relaxed, but I let go of the controls again and said, God, you're in control. I'm sorry I took that back for a bit. I had to call Dane at work. Dane, I'm freaking out. He said, it's okay, just trust God, let's pray, (laughs) right? All right, so my mom started to wake up. And then the nurses say, she's so kind, she smiles so sweet. She said, thank you for giving her a heparin shot. How did my mom even think of the words thank you, let alone connect them at an appropriate time? But the Lord helped her. And I can say, well, my mom has always loved God and loved people. I can step into the moment and share and declare about a Messiah and about Jesus if I'm looking, if I'm noticing that, well, I didn't want this opportunity. I mean, Peter was going to prayer. He wasn't thinking, I'm going out to go heal somebody and I'm going to go give a speech. I wasn't thinking about it in the emergency room. When the doctor comes in and says her blood pressure's down, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared. I hadn't prepared a speech. But the Lord gave me some words to bring glory to Jesus. When, when they bring my mom from the hospital back to the nursing home under hospice care now, her, co- her workers, her caregivers come in. And the African-American woman comes in and my mom smiles and they smile and they hug her. And then the Hispanic woman comes and my mom, who has a relationship with this woman, that's her friend, and they smile at each other. And I go, the kingdom of God is here because there is no division in race. The love of God is here and it gives a chance. When the workers say, we've just never met a woman. She's just so sweet. She's been so sweet. And I say, if you only knew her life, has been bitter and hard. But my mom loves the Lord, and she has had the courage to live a life to bring glory to him and to enjoy every day because my mom has had comfort, and I've had comfort. From the Lord Most High. Friends, we need to be ready to give a word in season and out of season. We don't have to fear whatever is going to happen. My mom's been healed once. Maybe. Who knows? Like it blows my mind. Could the Lord heal Alzheimer's? He could. Could he take her home? Yes. And can he do it in a way that even if she has to go through the fire, she won't get burned? I've got to trust that. I'm standing on the faith that he is one who says he sent Jesus because he wanted to bless us. And he wanted to turn us from our evil way. What was that evil way? Isaiah says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each has turned to his own way. And the Lord laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. What's the wicked way? Our independent 
self-reliant, trying to save ourselves way. And what does he invite us into? Rest, trust, his comfort, his love, peace that surpasses all understanding, that will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. And so this, my friends, is the hope and the comfort that if you know Jesus, we can face anything anything at all that this world can give and we can just look at it and go, this is temporary. This is temporary because I've got a permanent home. He's coming to make all things new. He's coming to restore creation. And we don't go it alone. He's there with us day by day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment. And he's wondering, will you trust me? Will you trust me with whatever it is you face? Will you trust me that I'll give you the words to say? And do you want to be an agent of my love and my comfort to the world that is desperately needing love and comfort and hope? What's your answer? I trust it will be we do, God helping us. Pastor Day. I want to linger on that question. God's really speaking right now. And um, that, that question... Um, Do I want to be more and more an agent? Not just someone who's been an authorized representative, but someone who's acting out that representation and who has the eyes to see how Jesus is working and how we can cooperate with him. And so if you're sitting here, actually I want to ask, is there anyone sitting here this morning that is listening to Pastor Gina talk about the eyes to see and the courage, the willingness to step in and cooperate and have empowered speech to represent Jesus, and you're saying, I'd like more of that. Would you just be bold and just put a hand up? Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to volunteer this. We're going to move into singing our song of response. And anyone who's put a hand up, just um, come on up to the front, and I'm just going to pray a real brief prayer for each of you. As you come, come, uh, let the Lord speak to you as I pray, and then... Uh, move back to your seats and worship. But the Lord promised us over and over that he will repeatedly empower us. We're going to see this as we go through the Gospel of, uh, as we go through Acts. He promises as, as often as we have need to fill us with his spirit so that we can represent him. So let's stand and sing.